Hi everyone, um, welcome back to Storytime with Dina and Dad, uh, part two. Hopefully many more to come. Um, last time we talked about the basic beginning of our story and we are definitely going to fill a lot more in along the way. Uh, in this one we wanted to talk about some of the little stories that we remember along the way and so I will happily welcome back Dad. Hi you. Hi. <laughs> um, kind of wanted to start this off by saying thank you for all the kind comments that have been left on Facebook and on the website itself, which I'm going to take a little time to mention is BelovedKingsDaughter.com. And I am working on putting up more podcasts and more blogs as I go. It's definitely just down to the bones and I'm looking forward to that growing. Um, Thanks also to everyone that shared the podcast around. That was an incredible blessing, and I am still in awe and very grateful for those that have. You got some feedback from all over the place. I, I actually really did. Uh, it was neat to get a comment from the Netherlands out of nowhere. That was wow. that was a blessing. <laughs> Um, I actually wanted to take a little time at the beginning of this one to address some of the comments that were left. Mm -hmm. And one of them um, was this. The comment was, I also love that you call Yeshua that. Yeshua, his beautiful, glorious Hebrew name. And on that note, I wanted to mention one thing that has been a big struggle in this journey for me is the name Jesus. Uh, the constant battle of anti-Jesus programming and parts that have been abused horribly under that name will often, if you say that name, will not come up and talk. They will panic. They will leave. It actually almost never ends well. Triggers all sorts of doors slamming shut and, and uh, re-traumatization and things like that. So it's been, uh, we've stepped in that a whole bunch of times and, and had to deal with some versions of it. Yeah, so I, I'm not saying it to condemn using the name Jesus. I just know for me, it's been a really big battle. And by using the name Yeshua, it's we've had a couple smaller issues, but it has been nowhere near what it was, okay. but with that way. So. Yeah, I think that's been really huge. And what's strange again there uh, that we keep seeing is the incredible deep preparation that the King has done uh, in our lives here in, uh, with mom and I and, and uh, our family and, and all that in the, the past, we've, it's been, goodness, about 22, 23 years that we have been uh, exploring the, the, the Hebraic heritage of Christianity and the Bible and, and uh, really walking in that stuff. And so referring to him as Yeshua, referring to the Father Yahweh and, and uh, observing the festivals and things in, in a very, very messianic way. And that was all groundwork that had been laid years before we met you. Yeah. And yet here it's playing in, uh, as always. It's uh, it's just a neat thing. He's he's constantly doing this. And so I would guess I would encourage some of you out there who uh, might one day be walking this journey with someone. Um, Yeshua will use things that he's already laid into your history, into your story. And those things will start coming out. I mean, some of the things that we have seen that have helped you, Dina, he's been putting in place 30, 35, 40 years ago in some cases. Yeah, that's been really neat to see that play out. Yeah. Which goes into the things we'll touch on yeah. a lot later with some of the neat stories. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to say it was also amazing to run across someone else that has a very similar story of adoption. Um, as I was reading through um, Trisha's comments, they, they actually really made my week. She talked about her story of also having an adopted family and walking that out and the blessing that it had been to her. And honestly, looking from the outside, many people judge this story of adoption without trying to get to know it first. And um, honestly, we've, we ourselves have seen the fruit of no, definitely. this adopted journey. And definitely. it was really neat to see her 
to express that same reality of seeing the fruit in her journey because of the adopted reality. And mm -hmm. I wanted to take a moment and just say one of the things that Trisha said I really appreciated and I felt needed to be repeated. And I asked her if I could and yeah. she said it was okay. That's so neat. as we were talking about the adoption process, she said, fathers and mothers love their kids deeply and fully and we do not question it being wrong or codependent or getting in the way of God as father or mother. We had that stolen from us. Why wouldn't God want to give us that gift too? And that was an amazing way to put the blessing of having that's a very good an point. adopted reality. That's a very good point. That's, like, that's exactly what we've experienced here. Yeah. And we know multiple scriptures. We know the Father's heart for the orphan yeah. and the outcast, you know? He has come to that. place the lonely in families, that's, as his word says. Yes, it's right in there, you yeah. know? Maybe one day we'll have to get into the story of how our family started being an adoptive family in the first place. That would be an interesting story to tell sometime. You know, I actually would be very up for doing that. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, maybe we should hang that out there for somebody to comment on. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. We'll set that on the okay. talk list. <laughs> so that's kind of addressing some of the comments. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of wanted to get into some of the stories along the way that we were going to tell last time, but it had already hit an hour. So yeah. we decided to save them for this time. Right. Um, well, we, we began the, uh, the process from the very first moment of uh, once we realized what was going on once, as we said last time, once Yeshua made it clear what was really going on, our next sit down, try and dig through some stuff that came up, uh, we just asked him, okay, is, is there anybody we need to talk to? You know, and you immediately blacked out and then somebody came forward and uh, I, I'm trying to recall what would the circumstances were of, of that very first one, and we can look that up in the notes, but... It was a young trauma part. Yeah, that's, the, that's I guess that's sufficient to say, is that we ended up with a whole bunch of trauma parts, uh, because as we started on this journey, Yeshua really took us from the, you know, coloring inside the lines <laughs> level <laughs> to where we are now, and that wasn't an instantaneous process. No, he didn't throw a Russian assassin at you the no, first one. No, 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 we got to those later. But um, what ended up happening was we, we started off with, I guess, what we would consider now to be the easy ones. Yeah. At the time, it was all new territory. And so it, I wouldn't have called it easy back then. But now, by comparison <laughs> to what we've seen, those were the easy ones. And, and they, they still are. They'd be ones described as trauma altars, ones yeah. that are stuck in the past, in the immediate trauma that they're going through. Right. And they're not co-conscious, they're not current, they're stuck at age five in the middle of what they're going through, and they're stuck in the fear. And Yeah, we, it's, it tended to be us going inside to them, if you will. Meeting them in the trauma. Yeah, they would actually see us in the place where they were. And um, and they would they would meet us. They would talk to us. We would appear in their memory, in in the environment that they yeah. were in, <clears throat> and uh, we'd interact with them in that way. Later on, the the higher level altars, the more functional ones, higher functioning ones, would come forward, and they would see us sitting in our living room or wherever we happened to be. But these early ones, it was us going into them, and they were describing their environment to us, and. And uh, just to give you a quick example, is that can I give a, yeah, just a quick absolutely. couple of memories? Um, one of the simplest ones, we uh, this when when uh, the the part came forward, it was a little girl, she was maybe five, and immediately just everything changes, all the physicality of of uh, body language and everything changes when a part comes forward and so we would see you just suddenly curl up on the couch and you know wrap your arms around your knees and and start rocking back and forth and kind of sniffling and, and crying and really acting for all the world like you're five and so then we would we would ask the name and and uh, you know how, how are you doing and, and where are you we try to get them to describe 
where they were and what was going on. And sometimes they'd have questions for us like, well, how did you get in here? And, and we always explained that Yeshua had sent us to come and find you. And then we would just interact with them. We would, we would be kind to them and, and loving towards them and, and try to comfort them in their situation. And just, for example, this one uh, curled up, you know, knees up to the chest and, and uh, you know, what's going on? And, and she said, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm in the closet. I'm hiding. Why are you hiding in the closet? Well, because, because he's going to come back in the room and he's going to hurt me. And we got the sense that there was some kind of abuse going on and this was the memory. And, you know, so she's curled up in the closet. And so I just kind of sat down right next to her and started talking to her and and she she would look at me and see me in the closet, you know, and I was sitting in the closet with her. And uh, and so we would just talk for a little bit. And, and really our, our goal back then, because we had no idea what we were doing, is we just wanted to introduce these parts to Yeshua. Yeah. That was the, the key thing. Still is the goal. And it is. And that really hasn't changed yeah. fundamentally. But we wanted to get them to talk to him and, uh, and to meet him and we understood that there's some permission this there's, there's there's a certain amount of legality here that he's not going to show up really as easily unless he's invited and so we wanted to make sure that it was okay for him to come in and they they always ask is he going to hurt me too yeah and we can always explain no he's not going to hurt you he has some things to say to you he's going to help you and he sent us to help you and you know they kind of look at us and kind of go okay well you're you're not hurting me, and, and you seem nice, so if Yeshua sent you, then maybe he's okay. And, you know, and he would come in and and sit down in the closet, you know? And, and so then she would turn away from me and talk to somebody who was very clearly sitting next to her in the closet. Most of the time, in those cases, we would just hear one half of the conversation, like you're <laughs> eavesdropping on somebody's phone call or something, where, where she would just be nodding and, you know, talking, and he'd, he'd be talking and she'd be listening and responding, and and uh, they'd usually end up with uh, some spirits that would need to be removed. There's often spiritual attachments to the trauma or, or to the physical abuse or to the environment or, or the, to the time. Part. Or to the part themselves. Yeah. 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 And so that often would get dealt with. And uh, it usually would end up with, with them coming back to us and looking at us and saying, is it okay if I go with him? He's really nice and, and I want to go with him. And, and so off they would go. And then they would fade out and then you'd come back up and have no recollection at all of anything that had happened it was just you'd black out and then you'd wake up and it'd be 20 minutes later and and we uh, at the beginning with those kind of trauma parts which we ran into over and over again oh you would test the yeah, yeah. we we didn't want to just tell you what we'd seen happen because we wanted to actually see if you would remember because we understood that at the very least the, the memories were supposed to be healed that if a part got reintegrated, then, which which is what we think was happening when Yeshua was taking them. A lot of the trauma them. ones, that's yeah, what he's done. That's the main thing. He's just taking them to a safe place and they're reintegrating. And which is not always the goal. No, but a no, lot of the trauma ones, that's no. what Yeshua has done. And he's been the one that has led that journey yeah. of who should stay, who should. We're leaving it in his hands all the yeah. time. Uh, there are some parts, as we'll talk about later today, that come and they stay for a while maybe oh, a really wow. long time sometimes <laughs> sometimes shorter but um anyway the reintegration would lead to the memories being recovered because these parts without the trauma yeah these parts are holding the memory yeah and so when they are reintegrated then the memory becomes accessible now to you but as you said without the trauma without the trauma so it's actually healed. having the memory there and going seeing yeshua in those places that used to be terrifying or that I wouldn't have access to, I actually can look back and see areas of my life now mm -hmm. and not look at them with fear. Well, the, the, his presence in that yeah. memory actually becomes part of the memory. Yes, it does. And it's not false memory. He, he really was there. Yes. <laughs> you know? And so uh, it's, it's all part of the healing process that he's designed this to be. Yeah. And so that was just neat. And we saw a lot of those 
at the beginning, yeah. um, the, the trauma parts, one after the other, many of them would come. And it was the same basic conversation that we'd be having with them. Sometimes we would need to keep them safe, or uh, many times they'd be hiding. I remember one little girl, a <laughs> little, little part, and we were, all of a sudden she just lies down on the couch when she came up. And so we kind of got down to her level and, and then said, what's going on? You know, where are you? And she said, I'm hiding under the bed, you know? <laughs> and so, of course, she was under the bed and she was acting as if she was under the bed. And, and so we kind of got down to her level and, and, and started talking to her down there. And, and she thought that was kind of interesting that we would get down there with her. Why and, would adults play with kids? Right, you know, it just didn't make any sense <laughs> yeah. to her, but she was okay with it. <laughs> and then when Yeshua showed up, she started giggling uncontrollably, and I was like, what's going on? And she says, well, he's, he's climbing under the bed to, to be down here with me. And he did. He, he just, really does meet us where we're at. Really? Right? <laughs> he got under the bed, yeah, and, and started, so she's talking to him under there. And, you know, just those sorts of things. Um, we've just seen... Uh, amazingly uh, another one if we're telling some stories here one of the very early ones I think she might have been six or seven years old the part that we were talking to some sort of trauma and you know go through the process of just calming them down and keeping them safe and and uh, and then you know she begins to to say it's okay to meet him and so then he shows up and I can always tell when he walks into the room because they suddenly look up or they you know they they make some kind of indication that he's there in the room the atmosphere changes the atmosphere right? changes yeah. very clearly yes and so this one particular part she just she leans forward and and she holds out her hands both in front of her and then it's like she's she's taking somebody's hands she's holding the hands that we couldn't see but she could and then the most amazing thing happened her hands turned over like like she was looking um you know the, the other side of of yeshua's hand and she immediately began to touch in the air just the, the exact place where his wrists would be mm. and she looked up at him and she went what happened? Mm. Owie, what happened? And he explained to her and she started nodding and she was very moved by that. And that was part of the process for her of realizing what he had done for her and that he, he explained that it was for her that he had done that so she didn't have to be hurt anymore. He got hurt instead. Yeah. And it was just, you know, so simple, but but quite a mind blow. It was amazing. And it just, I, I was a little bit messed up after I saw that. <laughs> some, really some amazing things that we've seen happen over and over is yeah. the drying of tears. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Like to see a part like in that trauma and just crying and weeping yeah. and having Yeshua meet them there Yeah. and have my face be like soaking wet with well, tears. Well, dripping, like I'm, I'm sitting beside you, right? And so you're facing him or the part is facing him yeah. with your face. And uh, and I'm actually seeing the tears, like the weeping, the bawling is going on. And I'm seeing tears dripping off the bottom of your chin into your lap. So it's, it's this is not a minor <laughs> episode. <laughs> and, and so there's all this crying going, and you're just, it's just pouring off. And then they, it's like, like you're holding his hands and then he just like brushes like, like like he would be brushing the back of his hand against over, your face. Over the cheek. Yeah, yeah, but I'm actually sitting beside you, and I can see through the space. So there's no physical contact that I can see. Yeah. But he's clearly wiping away tears. That's what it looks like, you know, kind of pantomime. But but then I've reached out and touched your cheek. And poke, it's perfectly And it's totally dry. dry. Like a second ago, there was water dripping off your face, tears. And now it's completely dry and smooth. And I've probably seen that a dozen times at least. Oh, a dozen? No, Maybe more. I would say hundreds, honestly. Maybe more. It's just been a lot. Where he just, just comes and he dramatic. says exactly what he's going to do, which is, I will dry every tear. He's, he's drying he the tears. But it's happening literally right in front of us, you know? It's just, this is the kind of thing that we get to see yeah. as we walk through this. And I, I won't 
suggest that it's an easy process at all. Uh, it's really wrung us out to go through all this. Um, it's, it's really tough. It's a long, long haul, lots of sleepless nights and you know, not because we're tossing and turning in bed, but because we haven't even got to bed yet. <laughs> you know, we're up yeah. at three, four in the morning doing, going through things. And, but we also get to see this kind of thing, which is so outside the box. You know, it's, it's incredible. So really have enjoyed that. That's been uh, really moving. To see the miracles happen for real has been yeah. incredible. Yeah. And it's what you're saying that I... I I don't come to rely on miracles. No, I, 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 tell, I tell people that I used to believe in miracles. Yeah. I used to believe in miracles. And when they look at me a little bit funny, because of course I'm setting them up a little bit, and uh, they look at me a little strangely and I say, no, no, I used to believe in miracles. I don't anymore. Now I rely on them. Yes, there we go. <laughs> So I know one of the stories that Dad wanted to tell in particular is one that's very dear to both of us. And as we, as Yeshua helped us progress from trauma altars and help us understand a little bit more of how DID works and how he wanted to work with us, uh, we started to encounter a lot more parts that were high functioning, I guess is mm -hmm. how you would call them. They started to be more co-conscious. They started to poke their head out and watch the reality around them and yeah. look for chances to, to interact, um, not just in the world that they were in, but in the world in front of us. Yeah, they were seeing us in our present yeah. reality too. Yeah. And they were doing that before. That's where the missing time comes in. But I didn't know that that was happening. And now they started yeah. to, you should have started to pull the blinds back a little bit more and actually show what yeah. was going on underneath and who was coming up when and why. And this is one particular story that started to answer some questions about that. Well, before we can tell Cassie's story, we have to tell Chloe's story. Yes. Just briefly, I mean, we can talk more about Chloe later, I think, but um, for now, um, Chloe was uh, a part, I think she was 13 or 14 years old, something like that. She was little, relatively young. Um, and, and she came, and instead of going through this reintegration process, she came back and said, well, Yeshua is saying that, that he would like me to, to stay and that I can help. And this was new for us. This was a new idea. It's like, oh, huh, because we've only ever seen them, you know, kind of fade out and, and we don't talk to them again and they're reintegrated. And, but now Chloe was like, oh, we're, I'm going to stay and I'm going to help. And so it's like, okay, we're in a new chapter now. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the next part of the training manual, I guess. And so uh, we started to, to talk to her more. She would keep coming back up and you know, we had lots of conversations and, and that enabled us to interact a little bit and find out what was going on in that inside world there. What was she seeing? And, and Yeshua was speaking to her very, very clearly. Yeah. And, and multiple times uh, explained things to her that this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And, and it always did. It, things always worked out. Now, of course, from our point of view, we were kind of hesitant because we we're like uh we don't we know the enemy's involved here yes. so how do we know that this is really a part of you how do we know this is we were new at this we we're trying to work it out and so you know we just we did a lot of praying and, and a lot of little tests and confirming things and, and one of the simplest ones is just to simply say okay tell us who yeshua is and just like in scripture that says test the spirits you know, she would come back with, well, you know, Yeshua is the son of Yahweh. He's, he's Yahweh in the flesh and he came in the flesh and he actually came on earth and he lived and he died and he rose again. And she went through the whole spiel. And, uh, oh, and he has a big scruffy beard. And he has and a big scruffy he's beard. he's grinning right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and he says, it's okay that you tested this. <laughs> you know, so that sort of thing. You know, so we were, we were trying to find our way, right? And, uh, and so we were being very careful. And I would encourage our listeners to do the same. Like, you just got to constantly be looking to Yeshua going, now what? You know, I, I tell people there, there are two 
extremely important prayers that every believer should have in their repertoire. And prayer number one is yes. Whatever he's saying to do, yes. The answer is yes. And when you've gone through everything that he said there, prayer number two is now what? And that's pretty yeah. much what we've been doing, like all the time. <laughs> so, and we still do that, like years and years into the process. That's still what we're doing. Yeah, Yeshua, if you don't show up... Uh... Yeah, we're toast. <laughs> yeah. So please show up, and he does. So anyway, Chloe was around for a while, quite a while. Was it was it a couple of months that she was around? Yeah. I think. And uh, so she was just... At least. And, and she, what's interesting about her is that she needed the adoption process too. Yeah. There was some brokenness in her that Yeshua wanted to heal by having her accepted. And so she was accepted in that way. She asked about it. She's like, well, we were telling her about Dina and how, you know, you'd been adopted. She says, oh, that sounds amazing. You know, I wish someone would adopt me. And I said, well, okay, we can do that. You know, really? You know, so she called me daddy the whole time. And, <laughs> and uh, she was my little girl. And, and we just had a lot of time to talk and, and do things together. And, and then we conspired to, uh, Dina and I and, and uh, one of your other adopted sisters, um, conspired to have a daddy-daughter outing. Yeah, first daddy-daughter date of my whole life. Yeah, yeah, which was kind of neat. So we went out to a park, uh, like a out-of-town out of park, a kind of a, a little bit more bush kind of place where we could go and some walking trails in through there. And, yeah. And we just went out for a long walk and Kind of right at sunset. about sunset, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. There's a nice place you can go up on a hill and, and see the sun go down. And, and so we did that. And so the three of us are out, you know, walking along and and uh, and Chloe comes up. We, we wanted to call her to come up because this was for her, too. And we wanted to explain to her that we were having a, a special daddy-daughter outing. And uh, she really, <laughs> she was blown away by that. Of course, that had never happened for her either. Yeah. And so it was a big point of healing for her and for you. Yes. And uh, and so that was kind of neat. But as we're getting close to come back to the, the parking lot, Chloe's up and she's talking and, and she says, oh, hey, I have to warn you, there's another part pushing forward. Her name is Cassie. And she's a runner. And I'm like, what does that mean? Well, she's going to try and run away. So, you know, hang on to her. <laughs> and we've learned... Like we started, by now we've learned that there are a lot of different kinds of parts. With with different motives, and different operations, different things that they're programmed to do, yeah. or that they want to do. And, and one that I know for me that yeah. I've dealt a lot with are runners. Ones that are programmed to come forward and get me either to a ritual or get me somewhere else. Or ones that are just, they're scared and yeah. they're designed to run away. And this was one that she... Actually, it was none of that. She just really loved to run, and she was scared. Yeah, that's all it was. She didn't understand the situation, and yeah. all she knew was that we were getting close to a vehicle and about to travel somewhere, and that really that was a scary situation. Yeah, she wasn't keen on that. So, you know, just talking to Chloe, and, and she says, you know, so Cassie's coming up. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then, like, <laughs> a couple seconds later... Cassie's up and she's taking off and like we were kind of ready you know I kind of had my hand on your backpack well she popped the buckle on the backpack and just like left me standing there with the backpack in my hand so I had to go taking off after her and caught up with her and and uh that, that kind of scared her a little bit and she didn't want to get in the vehicle and here we are we're going like we gotta get home you know obviously we've got this part we gotta get her to a safe place before we can sit and work with her and and, uh, and she's having none uh, of it. Oh no, she was she was scared. But anyway, she eventually switched out, and you, know, you came back up, and and we got in the van, and oh well, the, oh, before that, oh, when you, you actually met her yeah. and tackled her under the stars. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, well, the sun had gone down by then, and, and I actually managed to get a hold of her, and I had to take her to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and then she switched out, and actually Chloe came forward. Yeah. And she was talking about the stars. Yeah. And she was talking about some of her favorite different constellations, different yeah. things like that. And then I came forward, and that was the first time I've been able to actually 
literally like we're just all laying on our backs in that moment and looking up at the incredible stars out there because oh, there's not beautiful. city lights yeah it's outside of the city haze looking up and just those first time i was able to say like my favorite constellation is cassiopeia because it's just one of the easiest ones to find in the sky sure it is but there's cassie right and right yeah the timing of that was great <laughs> that's right i forgot <laughs> that's right and so yeah we I managed to have me come forward and push hard enough back to get into the van. And this was a big issue for you at the beginning, because the parts seemed to be able to just come forward and shove you out of the way, Yeah. and you'd be out and we'd be dealing with whoever came up. Since that time, and this is an encouragement for those of you who are at the beginning of your journey, since that time, uh, Dina's really learned the art of holding this back and, and having internal helpers who are active and constantly there to help, yeah. uh, to help push. And uh, it's re really, you're not in as much imminent danger of bolting no, <laughs> as not, you were at the beginning. But near. boy, and, and I'll stress that for those of you walking with people, the physicality of this is sometimes quite remarkable. We have had to sprint and put on bursts of speed and, and uh, tackle people and you know, all kinds of, as gently as possible, of yeah. course, but, but wow, it's quite a workout sometimes. Big so we got Cassie in the van. Yes. But not Cassie, we got you in the van, and then Cassie woke up in the van partway along and freaked out. Well, you, yeah, understanding that a lot of the trauma that has happened to a lot of parts happens because they are being taken somewhere and they yeah. don't know what's going on and they're waking up in the vehicle and that's when bad things happen. Right. And so that's what they're holding on to and so for a lot, a lot of parts, yeah. the traveling process is terrifying to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me, there's always been anxiety when you get in a vehicle. There's that panic that rises, and it's it's parts that are feeling that that are scared to go somewhere. Yep. And so I can't blame them. No. You know, we just calmed her down the best we could. Uh, we got her back to the the house, and we started talking to her a little bit. But she's just kind of switching in and out, and and we we didn't have as much uh, immediate success with her as we had with the trauma parts. And this was another lesson for us to learn because with the little trauma parts that are just in a situation and they're just their whole world is that little memory and it's terrifying to them and you can kind of bring healing into their Yeshua can walk into that memory they're healed it's all good you know we can do a couple of those in a night three maybe you know whatever and and it's just okay but then there's the parts like like Chloe that stick around for good, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And then there's the parts that are still undecided where they're going to do, where they're going to go, what they're going to do. and, and That are assessing the situation yeah. around them and the people around them. Yeah. And they are co-conscious watching. Sometimes they're watching the whole time. Sometimes yeah. they're not. Hard to tell. Uh, they're in the background, but they can see everything and hear everything. They're waiting for an opportunity. And that was Cassie. Uh, she was looking for a chance to bolt because she wasn't sure what we were about. And so her solution was run. run. And and she's fast. She was really fast. She could just take off. And she did a bunch of times. Just take off running. And uh, so then, you know, your old man has to then take off running as well. <laughs> and uh, try and chase down this person who's running like she's 30 years younger than me. And... Uh, <laughs> well... With, with complete abandon, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, so it was a good workout for me. I caught up with her a bunch of times, though. Yep. So that's good. So, yeah, where are we at? She, uh, so she would book it a bunch of times. But then over the course of I, a couple of weeks, we were talking to her yeah. back and forth and trying to keep you safe from this situation. We found out that really, really she loves to run. Yeah, it was a place of peace for her. And really, I think she's a good portion of me that, yeah. that that's where that existed. Because I know for me, I like to run. I like to find Yeshua in the morning and see the sunrise and and run. I love it. Morning it's, people. I don't know. It's, it's just an amazing feeling. And so I think <laughs> that's where a good portion of her was coming from. And she used yeah. to love to get up, the same thing, and she would go for a run. And when she would, turns out when she would go for a run there was a safe place that she would always run to. Well, one of the things that would happen, of course, is that she would, um, when she was running, or when you were running, she would come forward 
sometimes yeah. all the way forward. So you'd go out for your run thinking you'd been out for like 15 minutes and you'd get back, it'd be an hour later and you're like, wait, er? I just must've lost track of time. Right? Yeah. But really it was, it was Cassie yeah, coming so forward, forward shoving you off to the side and, and you have the missing time issue. Yeah. It's extremely common with people who are dealing with DID, right? Yeah, so we're sitting and, and talking to Cassie. We're, we're at the house here, and and uh, Cassie <laughs> starts talking. She's getting more comfortable sharing with us, and she explains that she likes to go for a run and find a safe place. Yeah. And then she described the safe place. Do you want to talk about that? Or no, you, you know, go okay, ahead. Okay, okay. I'm doing all the talking tonight. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've got to get you talking more. But, yeah, anyway, so well, well Cassie starts explaining... Um, I have this secret safe place that I go to and that I feel so safe there and I feel I, I just I can relax I'm like what's your safe place like and I'm thinking it's somewhere in the internal world you know and she's going to describe it maybe that'll help me to explain some things to her or help her or whatever I'm just trying to get her to talk and see where she's at right and she explains well there's there's this house and and so I sneak into the backyard of this house and nobody's ever caught me. And I, I sneak in, and, and there's this structure in the backyard, and, and she describes like a play structure, like a kid's play structure, you know? With a bright yellow slide. With a bright yellow slide. She says, this bright yellow slide just makes me smile. And, and I go up, and there's this platform way up at the top where I can just sit. And I like being high up. And, um, and she says, I can just sit there, and then I feel safe, and I feel like I can relax. And as she's describing this, I wasn't sure whether I should just laugh out loud or whether I should start to cry. I, I wasn't sure. I said, Cassie, would you please come here for a second? I want to show you something. And she says, okay. And, you know, she kind of gets up, and I walk her to the back door, and I open the back door and show her in the backyard. And, of course, that is the place. That's that's the structure that's in our backyard that I built with the boys years ago. And there it is. And she just was completely undone. That all this time, I don't know for how long, but, but for all this time, it might have been a couple of years. Probably. Yeah, that she would be out for a run. And, you know, or Dina would be out for a run and Cassie would switch in and she'd end up spending some time sneaking into our backyard, you know, thinking it was this secret place. And, and just, I opened the door and just showed it to her. And she was all like, all places. Yeah. And she was like, what? <laughs> it was right there. Well, that really broke it open for her. That confirmed that this is yeah. a safe place for yeah. her. This is, yeah. this is really true. This is really real. It was sort of the keystone at the top of the arch for her. Just click. Everything fits now. And at that point, then, she was ready to talk to Yeshua. And from then on, she didn't get reintegrated right away either. No, she actually stuck around for she a She stuck weeks. around for several weeks. And there was some healing there, too. And, and she needed the adoption story. Yes. And, and that just, she wasn't sure what to do with that, but she knew she wanted it. And Yeshua said, it was fine. Go ahead. You can do that. And so, you know, she got adopted, too. And, and so then we started having some daddy-daughter conversations and sometimes we'd both go up onto the play structure you know and we'd sit on that spot and we'd just sit up there together and and uh, talk about things and she'd just just spend time and and one time we were we were walking back from somewhere and uh i, I had remembered cassie talking about how she she'd, she'd love to run and and, and just oh uh, she would love to run with somebody someday and uh, so well, you, you leaned over and you whispered, yeah, hey, Cassie. Yeah. Well, what happened, is I, re I remembered that. And, and so as we're walking, I could see, you know, we got a nice long straight block ahead of us. And so I kind of whispered and I said, hey, Cassie, I'll race you. do you want to come up and come for a run? And bam, like she was right up and took off. And I, like I had chased after her and we ran for a couple blocks and uh, just ran together. Yeah. And, and she was laughing and trying to get ahead, and I was giving it everything to try and keep up with her. And, and, uh, and we just dissolved into laughing at the end of it. And, and there was such an incredible breaking of, of some kind of dam inside her, and it's just the healing that flowed in for her because of that. She's, I just went on a run with my dad. And just it just seemed like it was the best thing in the world to her. 
it's I think part of that is during the breaking process during a lot of trauma during a lot of programming it's always done with an agenda for harm yeah but when Yeshua comes with the agenda to heal yeah he uses the things that are deepest to them that speaks to their personality and their heart sure and that's a big portion of what this was was speaking to her and using what is important to her and just meeting her there yeah and having Yeshua use that as a, an incredible healing it was her. talking her language the yeah. whole way yeah and it's amazing how he does that like there's been parts where he's come and given a specific flower or yeah. given a cute little animal knowing that that's that's what's going to bring the the yeah. safety that sense of you get me and he really does know each part of us so intimately yeah he knows exactly what to say he knows little gifts to give them and just incredible very specific and unique to each one it's nothing we could ever figure out he just shows up and does these things and then we're just we're sitting there blown away too you know just in the whole process so it's just been fun to to do this with him that he's there he's you know he's going to show up and he's going to have something that's just the perfect fit it's, for the situation it's speaking the language of love for them yeah like for each part he knows yeah. that language intimately and yeah. ultimately, it's every single one of us. It's that language of love. Yeah. And he knows what's going to speak, whether it is running and meeting us there, whether it is yeah. sitting, like for me, just by an ocean crashing and just sensing his presence so big. And yeah. he knows how to meet us there. Sure. And he always does. And, well, and he does that not just for broken, desperately broken people. No, he does it for me point. too, and, yeah. and, and he, you know, and, and but individually he knows how to show up, yeah. and that's been a huge boost of faith and confidence for us, knowing that he's going to show up with the right thing at the right time, and you can take that absolutely as given. He's he's going to do it. He's very faithful to show up and do that. And the thing that we have done, I don't think it's that unique. But the thing that we have done is accepted the parts as they come up. Angry, hostile. Yeah, doesn't matter. Spinning. Wherever they, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Wherever they're at, we've accepted them. Okay, this is a person. You're in a bad situation. We're going to love you out of that situation. We're going we're gonna to love that part of you, and we're going to love the the healing process and we're going to just bring you along and to be kind and to be different than all the other experiences they've had they, they, they're always full of trauma and abuse and all this stuff and to have somebody that just sits with them and doesn't want to hurt them it's pretty unusual for them yeah it's very hard for them to even understand what's going on and a lot of them spend some time kind of nervously waiting for the, the other shoe to drop. Yes. You know, so they have to watch for a while. Sometimes you have to be consistent in your loving. Trust is built over time. Yeah. It's really not different than people in your life that you meet at work or, you know, the coffee shop or whatever, that you, you, you have to love them into the kingdom too. This is not any different. And I think that's an answer to um, a lot of people that ask the question, why isn't this done yet? Why hasn't healing happened yet? Why yeah. is this taking so long? And the reality is, is that yeah. love isn't an instant. Trust isn't built in an instant. And when you have, you've been broken over so much time and parts yeah. are the same age, 28 years old. They've had that level of brokenness in them and they need love poured into them over time just like anybody else it's not an instant and none of us can say that we have in an instant accepted Yeshua it's been getting to know him bit by bit and in an instant we haven't just trusted someone it's built over time right and every part honestly needs the opportunity to do that too and sometimes it is very quick but a lot of times it really does take time to build that trust. Well, and it takes time for him to speak the things that need to be spoken and to 
to process what he's saying and to incorporate it into like this is how he relates to us right you know just because you show up to the first day of school doesn't put you in grade 12. <laughs> like really nice there's some days but. yeah but there's there's a, a a long process of many things a lot of scaffolding that have to has to be built before you can get up there and that's true of parts too that they need a lot of stuff needs to be undone and yes absolutely yeshua could just step in and with a word just instantly bring them to a point of healing and that would be okay but very often he wants to pour something in in a loving way in to to help heal something much deeper you know like with cassie just yeah. she needed a taste of that relationship of it being safe instead of abusive and that just healed years of stuff just having that for a week or two it was enough i think that kind of brings me to one of the things i guess that i wanted to really talk about and that is mm -hmm. the trying to put this into words but for those that have had somebody just show up in their life and and explain, hey, I think there's DID here, I think there's SRA here, and you've started to say, okay, I want to start walking yeah. with them. And you're sitting in that same place at the beginning of the journey where we were going, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> no clue. Um, one of the most important things really isn't to come in with an expectation of how you think it's supposed to look, but to come in every single moment and say, Yeshua, how how should I walk with this person? And to let him teach you what that specific person needs, what that specific part yeah. in that moment needs, because every person is different. And then you add the complexity of every part is different. And when you try and take on the mentality that it should look a certain way, you're actually putting a limitation on the healing that Yeshua wants to do. And the training that he wants to give you. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I see that huge. There's been a process of teaching us how to do this. And it didn't come in an instant. It's been one chapter at a time. And, and even frustrating <laughs> sometimes because just when we think we've got our head around what's going on, all of a sudden he's like, and now for a new chapter, and there's this new set of problems that shows up or a part that's more complex. And, and we're just, oh, no, now what do we do? We thought we had this worked out, and now we, we're back in kindergarten again, you know. And that's actually where he wants us. Not to, that we don't progress, the opposite, that, that he keeps wanting to open up a new level of authority and healing and understanding and training and influence and the ability to do things. And he's going to do that a step at a time with us, too. So we need to keep looking to him going, okay, now what? There's that prayer number two. We yeah. did the yes, now what? <laughs> and the, he will keep doing that for you. That's his thing. He, he won't waste either the time of the minister or the time of the one being ministered to. Never. And all of his training is live. Like there's no simulations in all this time. Nope. We have never run into a training scenario. It's always been Live. something that genuinely needs to be done to really help somebody. Yeah. And at the same time, we're learning. So he's very efficient that way. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a learn as you go. And I think the most important thing is, really is, if you are walking with someone, really be open to hearing the voice of Yeshua. Yeah, and, and ask for him to speak. Yeah, looking to him, and part of that is... On our journey, there's been so many people that have helped and had tools that have been available and they've been at yep. the right time and the right reality, but everybody has pieces of the puzzle. But ultimately, Yeshua has all of it. Yeah. And he knows what piece to use, what each part needs, and I think that's part of why I want to do this too and yeah. do podcasts is to be able to let Yeshua use some of the pieces of our puzzle yes. to help someone else and to not say hey, we have all the answers, this is how you do it. Because honestly, it might not work for you, and it We're might not work for example. who you're working with. Yeah. It's, it's meant as a, this is how it worked for us, and 
hey, it's been kind of neat. But what we kept doing was saying, Yeshua, please come and help. That's what we keep doing, and he keeps showing up. I don't think a puzzle is a good enough analogy, really. It's it's a start, but I kind of picture it more like a a drawer full of tangled yarn. (laughs) You know, all like a hundred different colors, and they're all tangled up together. and, And you open that drawer, even a crack, and you know the job is to untangle it. It's overwhelming. Like, what do you even do? You don't even know where to start. And even the places that look like they'd be obvious places to start, they might not be. You might pull that thing and make a knot somewhere further back in the drawer. It's tighter and more difficult to undo. Yeah. But Yeshua always knows exactly which color to start with, which to pull, which way to pull. And even if it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to us, he's thinking about the problem in its entirety. We're thinking about what to do next. He's thinking of it in at least six dimensions. We're stuck staring at the red one going, I think we need to pull that one. But, you know, you got to look to him and say, what do you want to do? And he says, over here, this orange one. And like, okay, back to prayer number one. Yes, okay, we're going to do that. And then he's untangling it. Like, you know, half a decade ago, if I had said to you, you know, one day we're going to sit in front of a, fuzzy microphone and we're going to uh, tell our story to uh, people in the Netherlands. I think you would have probably uh, you had a screaming You would have heard the door fit. swinging already and you would have heard the hinges yeah. and the slam. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, little footsteps as Cassie ran away as hard as she could. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. But instead, here we are, right? Yeah. He's taken us to here and, and this isn't the end either. There's next and next and next. And yeah. And we have more stories to tell. We do. But we don't have the time to do it. What's our time at right no, now? No, I think we've actually hit it. We're so. hitting. So we're going to have to tell some more stories. I think so. And the plan is that uh, we're going to do a lot more of these. Feel free to, same thing as before, send in messages, thoughts, questions, things that maybe you have questions about and you're going, how did you deal with this? Or sure. How did you unravel this? And We'd be happy to start to address some of those as well. It's been a blessing to see what's already come. Yeah, we can tell you what happened with us and then turn it over to you to say, go talk to him and see how it's going to work with you. Yeah. Every person wrestling with DID and especially with SRA, you know, as the source of that, are completely unique. The systems are unique. The arrangement of the inner world is unique. You can't apply a cookie cutter to this please don't try but what you can do is you can talk to the king of the universe who knows exactly how to undo and untangle everybody's drawer full of yarn (laughs) not only just untangle it and put it back to the way that it was in the beginning but to make something beyond comprehension from that yarn yeah and that is what the journey is about, is yep. letting him not only untangle, but to make a beautiful, beautiful creation from it. And that creation includes both the one who is being healed and those who are involved in participating in the healing. It's blessings for everyone involved. So I urge you, go after those. All right. Next time. With story time with Dina and Dad. Oh, yeah. We'll see you next time.